go. Gee, what's they do? They just wear the pants like that. Actually, you look amazing. You look amazing. You can't. You're bummed. It's not too forward having your butt cheeks cut in. No, I like it. I like it. I've been stitched up a beauty there. They tell me we're going to be quiet now. We're going to be quiet now. The intro's going to play. <laughs> and talk about butt cheeks through leather pants. Well played, mate. Well played. Why, why do you trust us? Why do you trust us? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll tell you something, Michaels, um, or otherwise known as Mario from Doncaster. <laughs> we're Europeans, right? We love – our thing for us, vengeance and revenge – is always best served cold. So I remember you clearly telling to CV when you did your solo duo show <laughs> and you put out, you know, I bet you um, kids won't listen to it. Let's just, you know, you ride it off. See if you will. Yeah, it's a mental abuse me, mate. And I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just took it on board, just waiting for the moment and the moment presented itself. No, How enough. are you, boys? Good yourself. Good. I've got my oh, internet hamsters fabulous. working overtime at the moment, fellas, Fantastic. after the debacle yesterday. Just to to clear that up as well, uh, firstly, Tiggs, thank you so much yesterday for the live trade show. It was an absolute monster show. Um, unfortunately, my internet did drop out at the end there in the entire state, so it kind of ended abruptly, but luckily it was at the end. But the content you provided was, was first class, and the, the feedback's been nothing but positive, so... If anyone out there hasn't listened to the show yet, it's up on Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Spotify, all your podcast apps. It goes for about an hour and 20 minutes, but you you get all the gossip about Richmond plays, about um, plays that we've spoken to, the work. So it's well worth listening to if you haven't already. Um, so thank you again, mate. Did it go for an hour and 20, did it? About that, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I heard it was 20 minutes of content. And then the rest of the time was just him talking about his leather pants and eating pancakes <laughs> and stuff. Well, that's the thing, you know. Like, look, first of all, for me, um, a couple of points. I'm happy to do it. Um, I'm hoping to get – I'm getting mail coming thick and fast uh, on top of what I've discussed in this crazy part. The next fortnight's really nut, nutso, really. So hopefully before grand final, maybe um, grand final week, um, I think will probably be the best time. We'll do another one if you like. Yeah, that no, sounds good. I'm, I'm happy to, to make the time to do that. CB, how, how did you, you were right? There's a few people a bit worried about you that you got the arse, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> the lemon and sass. Yeah, I, I saw that comment. I thought, oh, God, I hope that hasn't been the vibe that's come across that we're giving you the flick. Well, look, look I'll tell you what happened. As you know, it's trade season, people, and um, I did hit Michael's management up for a pay rise for the hard work I've done this year. All I asked was for a Mars bar to go with my can of Coke payment every week. And uh, I received a very threatening uh, email back from Michael's and his management saying, take it or uh, go. And I was told to maybe explore my options. So maybe the West Coast board is uh, my future. I don't know. You would, know? You, would you accept a Morrow bar? Uh, it's a poor man's Mars bar. But <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, look, you know what? If I have to take it, yeah, okay, you got me for a Morrow. Done. Yeah, but see, what's really disappointing, listeners, is I don't get given anything. So, like, I'm just gobsmacked. You know, I've had to contact Mario, have a chat with him. He's going to represent me. So, um, and it's probably going to take him about, uh, I'll say about nine months to be able to sort of caterpillar his way across to Morrow's workplace and get into negotiations on my behalf. I'll split it. I'll split it with you. I'll go 50-50 on the Morrow bar. Split, split the Morrow bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so we'll crack into it. Huge final we had on the weekend yeah. against St Kilda. Um, you boys were, especially CB, was very confident in his margin. Uh, Richmond 12-8-80 defeated St Kilda 6-13-49 by 31 points. Now, CB, we're just pissed, you, Richmond, like 50 on the table. Well, the table. Tom Lynch, if he had converted, you might have been half a chance. Oh. But is there a drum roll or anything, game. Michaels? Is there like a uh, any musical effect you're going to do about this thing? Because I think this is the first one in our history that I actually got the call exactly right. Is that correct? I've got. I, I said, think I've got a round of applause. Okay, well you could use that. I'll, you won't I'll hear, but I'll play. Here we go. So, geez, what, okay. what margin you did you pick? Getting what margin did you pick? I picked pick? thirty-one points. Didn't oh, I? You didn't. <laughs> you were closest though. You, you were closest 32. though. So, Tiggs was closest 32. with the margin. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Big round of applause for Tiggs for his first accurate margin prediction for the year. That's it. Thank you. Thank you all. But um, I was channeling my Mick Malloy. You know, next time I make a prediction for this game, just put your house on it. Do a Tiggs multi. And, uh, yeah, Tiggs multi. That's it. Perfect. That could be a new segment. <laughs> Very good win by the boys. It was. Uh, it was what we oh. kind of expected it was going to be. That steely resolve. That um, wanting to make up from the the week before against the Brisbane Lions. And it was just very business like. The first quarter was pretty pretty efficient from us, wasn't it, CB? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we we won the game through our um, scoring from turn. Uh, what was it? We have, I've got notes here. Scoring, scoring scoring at stoppages is actually where we flogged, and we did take yeah. goals from scoring uh, scoring at stoppages. So, um, absolutely, belted them in an area which we don't normally win, and that's fantastic. And you got to wonder how much that's attributed to um, Dion Prestia uh, coming back in and Shane Edwards and, and totally redefining our structures around the ball. And Brody. Brody back in the team, I thought, it gave us a bit more flexibility in, in a lot of parts of the ground, I think. I love that, man. I, I tell you what, I'll hear no one else claim Nathan Broad or Camden McIntosh, but me and Michael's Tiggs, you not so much. We know you got problems <laughs> no, in Camden. You're, but sometimes you, sometimes um, you're a peasant, man. I, I swear to God, I try to cover for you. I try to lift you up, my brother. I try to lift you, lift you up, but you just let me down. You're like the goalie on this. That's what it is, you know? You in and out of games. I just, oh. look, it, it, I think we're all in agreement. We are a better team with Nathan. We're a better team when Nathan Broad is in the team. Do we agree? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yes and no. You wonder why you don't get payment. You don't like Broad or McIntosh. This is <laughs> no, why. I, lo- I love, no, no, listen, Camden, I, you know, I've always been on his, I've always, I've always rated him, right? I've always, <laughs> anything else you've heard is fake news, right? I've gotten right on that bandwagon and I'm strapped on, right? I'm strapped on with Camden. But, no, but looking seriously, with Camden, he's now doing what I've asked of him, right? He's, he's playing, um, he's playing to his level consistently. So I'm wrapped with him, right? Um, but Broad, look, um, I rate Broad. He'll always be a Tiger legend. I, I love him to death. Always will, right? Always will. Mate, I'll even go a second level and put a tattoo of Broad's face on my back, right? But in saying all that, I think Markov, we're at a position, and I think the no, the, re, the, the people we haven't re-signed this year and people we haven't re-signed next year is because we're getting to a point where we're going to have to replace some of these soldiers that have been with us all this time and, and have done the grunt work. And Broad's one of those soldier types. And we have to replace them with the new blood that we've kept in our system now for five years that have been so incredibly patient that are ready to get their careers going, players like Markov. So... Um, my, all I'm about is saying thank you, Broad. Thank you for everything you got. 
but I'll pack your bags and drive you to the airport. That, I think that, that uh, point. No. I, mean, I reckon I mean, that point's still. Respect. I think that point's still valid, but I think for the time of year that we're in, I think Broad's the smarter choice over Markov just from an experience oh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like and, no doubt, no doubt. And, and, I, and when Broad got picked, I, I, I didn't go. Oh, we should get uh, Markov. You know, I was happy with that pick. Um, one player, in my personal opinion, that should be Markov should come in from his picket because he's playing dumb football. Now, what I mean by that is he's in the St Kilda game. He did some great things, like, for example, what he did with Marshall. Instead of going to tackle, he went to bump and it came off, right? Um, because it was sort of a hybrid between the two. He, he obviously um, got in two minds. But he does some dumb things on the ground continuously nonstop. He that hasn't course. played 20 games yet. Yeah, but... He's still learning. Yes, no, but you know what, mate? This is this time of year we're talking about, we... This time of year, you've got to go with people that make the right decisions. You know, you can't say all the time, but most of the time, right? Um, and he's, he's an older guy. It's obviously built into how he did his prison footy and his um, his VFL or NEFL, whatever they call it, WA, waffle, waffle footy. Um, and it's very hard to train out of that out of just, you know, what, a quarter of a preseason? Because to his credit, he hasn't had a full preseason. I don't rate this offseason as a preseason for him because of COVID. Um, so it's got to take him a couple of seasons to get that out of his game. So, um, and I just hate seeing it. Like, I love him as a player and I think there's a role for him at the club, but he, the Brisbane game is really hard for me to forgive, um, with some of his stupid errors that he did. Um, oh, we're in a prelim now, so that's, that's two, two games ago. Yeah, but they're looking for him. The umps will be looking for him. They'll be going, okay. Yeah, um, Pickett, he's, he's, he's done this. He's done three things in every game. Um, and that's what they do, the Amster Dogs, right? So I reckon Mar- um, Markov will, is faster, um, is more aerially superior. He might not be as hard, but he ain't a soft guy. Have you seen but Markov, mate? Harwick's Harwick, load the team, uh, change teams. Yeah, this I know. Time year with, yeah. With, unless there's injury or something. So uh, well, I, think, I think Markov the game. Table, like, yeah, his, his press conference after the game, all all but pretty much assured that Pickett's playing this week. Um, but what he, would he say? He's not going to say Pickett was shit. I, I know, like I know, but he was overly complimentary. I don't know. In the first half, yeah. the first half of last night, um, sorry, first half against the Saints, how would you rate Pickett's game, honestly? Mate, I thought the whole team, it was a very good team. No, no, I've got no, no clue. No, 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 you're doing an essence supporter on me. Let's no. focus back on to answer the question directly. I'm talking about Marlon Pickett's games exclusively for that two first two quarters. I thought he was fine. I thought the whole he team was, was fine. fine. He we was. Put him to bed. We put we put him to bed in the first half, mate. No, but he was. That's what I mean. We we're on top of the group. We'll we'll top. We're performing, but he was turning the ball over consistently during those first two quarters. What's funny? When um, what I like about Marlon when St Kilda started pushing back in the third, he actually came into the game. So Dion Prestia, Prestia's first half was... Um... Yeah, but Dion Prestia, that's his, what is his second game back, so he can give him a lot of outs, yeah. right? He hasn't played all year, right? So, but look, we agree to disagree. That's what this um, uh, pod is for. I just think Marlon, um, from what he's shown, has a lot of positives, but he's limited. And, yeah, there's no doubt. He's got some yeah, and, his, and his negatives, his negatives to me, really forces to open the door to give a kid like Markov... His full time opportunity. Yeah, um, it won't be now. Not with not with one to two games left in the season. It won't be now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, but I will say this too. Just back on Camden, um, I'm making the prediction now. 
he'll have a top five BNF finish for the club. That's oh, how good his year's going. Yeah, he's been one of the most consistent players, hasn't he? Yep. He's he doing the things out. He contest, does he? Like when <laughs> he at least halves every time the ball goes near him. Because yeah, what's so good? Are you looking for a sneaky, sneaky little thing? Top five finish for Camden. Get on it. What's good with him? He's simplified his game. He's just, he's just keeping it nice and, uh, nice and simple, and he's, he's working to his strength, which is brilliant. But look, on the Saints game as a whole, they're tears. The Saints, I know they don't win finals often. Um, you know, I don't know when their last final was when Ross the boss was coaching him, I expect. But how salty are they? Like, let's talk about the game for a little bit, right? Everyone's talking about their inaccuracies and how they, you know, it should have been a lot closer. If, if Lynch had he kicked, he, he, he kicked five points, three of those five points were sodas, right? And he just completely missed them. And, I, and I'm not talking about any other misses that we had. We had a couple out in the falls as well. So we could have really beaten them by, you know, 50 points. But if... if um, the three kicks that they had gone through for the Saints, because I really think there was only three sodas uh, that they missed. But overall, we did what we needed to do. We, we blasted them. What I'm excited about Richmond, to be honest with you, is um, we learned from St Kilda. We knew their strength. We took it away from them. We forced them to uh, try to find another avenue of scoring, which they're not used to. Um, and we just went bang, 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 bang. And people talk about how we fumbled the ball this game. Um, in the first quarter, well, look at this. In the first quarter, we didn't really fumble. Um, the first quarter, we were clean as, sharp as, and that's because there was no Jew. Um, so, you know, when the Jew started building back up, um, that's when the fumble started happening. Um, mate, and look, Trent Cochin, that tackle was just a high tackle. And people said he did it late. He did it right on the whistle. I've watched it three times. It was exactly when the whistle was blown, he, w- he went to tackle. Um, so to his mind, the ball would have been still live. So, um, yeah, so just Saints supporters really let them down, down, let themselves down in my eyes. They're salty, just absolutely salty. Yeah, he, but, mate, but you know what? Winners are grinners, losers, go please yourselves, right? That's now, right. question I'm going to put on you, because we've discussed this, uh, we discussed it heavily before the game was played. So the rucking. So what we saw we got on it wrong. the weekend, we saw, we saw Asprey, Bolter and Nankervis as our ruck division. How did you feel about that? I like it. Look excited. Oh, sorry. Go, go, Michaels. I, I liked it. One, because no one predicted it. Everyone thought it was broad for all money, really. Um, I like the Aspen run. He's, he's a good size. He's strong. Um, and as someone's posted on our board, if he's on another lumbering ruckman, it does, he's not going to get exposed if he hasn't got the pace because he's still pretty fit and agile, but at least he's not on like a Nat Nui type kind of ruckman. Uh, and Bolter in there, I thought was a no-brainer anyway. So I really liked. It. I thought it was a good mix-up. Well, it excited me because we're coming up a ruck combo of Lysette and Lanhams. Is that even Lanhams? Lanhams. Lanhams. So what I would do all game, Bolter plays on Lanhams. So if Lanhams forward, Bolter is defender. If Lanhams is in the ruck, Bolter rucks him. Um, and we won't lose anything out. We'll just gain. There's so many. Look, Laddams is played a couple. He's played that arsey game against us. But you know, I rate the kid. I would love him at our club. But he um, is what I've noticed of him is um, one effort type player at the moment. So if he, if he loses the first contest, that's it. He's out of the contest. Where Bolt is completely different from that. And I reckon he's, he's an okay ruckman. He's not the best. I reckon Bolter will basically get close to cancelling him out in the taps to advantage. But where Bolter will crucify him is, you know, he'll become like an extra winger running around the ground and Laddams won't be able to keep keep pace with him. Um, and then if Laddams is forward, Bolter will smash him. 
Um, I have no doubt about it. I'm fully convinced. Bolt has all this taller, faster, can spoil him. Uh, yeah, it's going to be beautiful to see. And Broad, Broad gave, coming back in, gave us that flexibility. So we've got a really, really good, really good side up at what we can do next week. So, oh, okay. yeah, I, was, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, big fan of it. CB, did we possibly see the best four-position game from Jack Rerolt ever? I'll tell you what, how good was his game with, with his decoy running in that? And we just exposed St. Kilda deep forward and Lynch smashed him. It was a very, very good setup, very intelligent. And um, the Saints had no answers. And, and as far as let's, let, let's, let, let's talk about it, Lynch's physicality, mate. Didn't you just see the didn't you see the stark difference between a maybe a Chole forward line <laughs> and a and a Tom Lynch forward line? He smashed. In my opinion, I actually thought Lynch was best on ground because he was just like a big dominant bull. He smashed him. He smashed him physically in the air. Clearly smashed him on the ground. <laughs> and um, like I said, if it wasn't for his kicking. Uh, he would have had, you know, five, six goals. But I thought his game, the, the way Jack played his game, which allowed Lynch to play his game, was absolutely fantastic coaching. Well done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And Dan Rioli, I thought he had another good finals game. Yeah. Can I just say about Dan Rioli, everyone questions, and I've been his defender all year, right? Um, he comes into finals when the game gets contested. When the game gets – people get stay true to their positions, try to maintain their shape, all this sort of stuff. When the focus is at its highest, Dan Rioli thrives, right? He's been – he's one of our best finals players across all final series since 2017. He's one of the most consistent final players we have. Um He's won us games from his own boot. You know, the GWS preliminary final, you know, it was one other final there that he actually won the game for us. So it just escapes me. So um, he, yeah, I was wrapped. I was wrapped for him against the Saints. Um, he took it to the cleaners and he helps um, guys like Shy Bolton. Um, he helps, you know, um, you know, because they obviously are really good mates. They see what he does, how selfless he is. Um, helps with their development, you know, and still, you know, and completely being committed to the team. So, nah, it was brilliant, Dan's game. I loved it. And, and I've just received a PM from um, VB Longneck from the Big Footy Board, <laughs> and um, he's just he's just giving me his teams for Port Adelaide. And surprisingly, Rioli out. Rioli's Didn't out. See that coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's a good one to finish on, actually, for the security game. Uh, we've got a bloodbath now, but oh. it's not being led by CB. Tiggs has demanded airtime <coughs> on this one, so over to you, Tiggs. Yeah, look, look, the media we all know has been absolutely disgusting, and I've taken on the feedback that you know I have to be understanding that we might have little little kids listening, and I under fully understand that, but I have to Use tell you guys, O'Gorman I'm not a word. priest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, here comes I'm, the I'm, No, no, I'm not a priest, right? So <laughs> seriously, just for this minute or two. Get your kids out of the room, right? Because I can't help myself. But what a fucking song and dance the media as a whole has been trying to. Not first, they got to a point now they're making shit up, right? Just to be able to slander our club even more. And I saw a prime example of that that I've tweeted against, and really have taken Robbo from the Herald Sun to task on. But before I really just go balls deep into Robbo, and <laughs> that sounds as disgusting as it visually looks, um, you've got your cane cords, you've got your fucking all your flogs going on about Richmond. Oh, we don't, we're not nice. How dare Lynch? He could, he could have broken his collarbone. Um, yeah, look, 
Lynch does what he does. People were celebrating. You know what Lynch did? It was nothing different from what GWS did in their final series last year. If you don't believe me, go watch GWS. Everyone was going, I love their mongrel. You know, they're shoving blokes' heads into the ground. They're, they're keeping the tackle going longer than they should do. They're not getting up. Oh, they're putting shoulders on them, elbows in their faces, right? Um, but Lynch is doing it this year. And they're all cracking the shits like Lynch is a thug. Um, and you've got your pathetic little dweebs like Andy Mayer um, actually called Lynch on radio a dickhead, right? Unbelie- That's how this media reckons they're allowed to act now, actually call a player a dickhead. I've never heard Andy Mayer call, oh, there should be a dickhead policy because Lynch is acting like a dickhead. Um, that's disgusting. And, and trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I'll ring in sent tomorrow. Um and, and, you know, making sure I speak to Andy if, if, if they have the balls to take me on. But but Robbo kicked the cake for me. This is the Australian, one of the largest papers. Sure, largest papers, one of the largest papers. Yes, it's a tabloid mag, but it's one of the largest ones. And he's the um, chief editor of the um, of the, the sports section. We had this prick, and I'm not going to insult him as a person because I'm not going to stoop to his level. Actually set a poll calling Nick Vloston a cheat and a liar. And for uh, media that are the first, the AFL and the media who cry about social trolls, online trolls, how no one should put um, stand put a stand against it, how they are pro anti bullying and all this utter shit. Because that's what it is. Because your actions are the truth, not your words. That's how I grown up. My dad said to me when I was a little boy, he said, he said to me, Michael, he said, no one cares um, about what you say. They only care about what you do. And so you, no matter if you're the poorest bloke in the world um, and you, if you have your word, people, you always will be the richest because people will believe what you say. And I've always taken it to heart. So with Robbo, his poll was just to feed the hate. The shit Nick copped on on, on on that Twitter poll was he's a dog, he's a cheat, he's a liar, and then it just sort of morphed into every anti-Richmond thing you could possibly say to. And it's not a club supporting thing. And it's just a disgusting thing. And when Nick saw it, Robbo doesn't apologise. He just, oh, it really, he just said, sorry, Nick, taking the poll, poll down. Didn't go, oh, I was a dickhead here, I, I overstepped a mark. I'll tell you what I've done, and I urge everyone that's got a Herald Sun subscription to do what I've done. I emailed the Herald Sun. I've cancelled my subscription with the Herald Sun. Um, and in that email, and that might mean one person, they might not care. But let's say they've got 20,000 of us, and I and make sure you put down Robbo's poll and tweet and how he called one of that, you know. And I did it because I, I don't endorse bullying. I don't endorse internet trolls. I've got kids. Um so, yeah, that's my bloodbath on him in the media, but more specifically on Robert, it was disgusting. Yeah, pretty average. Yep. And I'm really wrapped that Nick called him out too. Uh, I, I like to see the player fight back. I know people say they should just ignore it and just brush it off, but no, if you're being called a cheat, you call that shit out. So, well done, Nick, for standing up. And, yeah, the fact that the AFL, AFLPA don't step in on that stuff is just mind-blowing, especially when they're trying to stamp it out. Uh, it's just not good enough, Robbo. CB, anything and- from you? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to have a little a little mini bloodbath here. So the commentary in our game on Friday night, I found deplorable. Yes. I, I found it. I found, and, and I've actually asked other people, and I've been PM'd. I've received a lot of feedback about the commentary on our on, on, on Channel 7's broadcasting the commentary in our games. And it was just, I mean, 
when you've got guys like Bruce McAvaney asking JB, oh, do you think the Tiger supporters are getting a little bit nervous? Like, and shit like, you know, I knew Bruce was in for a big one when he tried to crank out a skid mark joke 30, 30 seconds into the game. And I just find JB, JB is one of the worst commentators. He always cheerleads against us. And I tell you what, boys, I'm that frustrated with the crap that we have to endure as Richmond supporters that I'm putting it out there right now. I want a live broadcast on Friday because I think our supporters deserve better. Ian? The live broadcast on Friday is pointless. Jacob, but that's that's my hooker night. That's normally when we go. But you know what? For you, mate, I'll sacrifice. I'll sacrifice that. And, um, you know, Simone's going to be crushed, but, you know, I don't care. And so would Peggy, Rita, and, and, and Tula, you know. Um, you know, I'll do my I'm best. There. I'll make sure it's all set ready to go. Whether I'm there for five minutes, ten minutes, or whatever will be remain to be seen. But I'll try and get amongst it as best I can. But I think that's a brilliant idea because yeah, I've seen a lot of commentary on it being pretty average as well. But so you know why? There you go, you know ladies and gentlemen, a live a live commentary show happening this Friday night for our Port Adelaide game. At a bare minimum, you're going to get Tiggs and CB all the way through. So make sure you tune in for that. And you know why JB's so um, salty anti-Richmond is because he knows that Richmond's gone past his club by a country mile. He used to be um, – I used to didn't mind him when we were shit, even in 2017, because he still didn't believe it, that Richmond was coming good. Uh, but now it's dead. In fact, he just can't handle it. Yep, it's disgusting what Channel yep. 7 offer. And it's BT, keep in mind. He, he, listen, Listeners, listen up. It's either you've got Bruce McAvaney and Brian Taylor, or you can have me and Tiggs. You guys do the math. No it's brainer. actually Tiggs and I, mate. No Tiggs brainer. and I? Oh, not, me and not, me, not me and Tiggs, mate. Tiggs and I. Come on, son. Well, kids listening. Education. Listen, mate. Go get O'Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get stuck into the port game, we wanted to sort of do a little bit of a season review for the two clubs who have now been eliminated oh, from the yeah. competition. So we'll keep it we'll keep it quick. I don't want to push the show too far. I know okay. I know you could we'll go quick. for a good hour and a half on this if you had to, Tiggs. Oh, oh. CB, this is CB's fault. He said we have to give Tiggs Collingwood just to see what, how he goes with it. That's why I love him. Right, that's why I love him. So Even though he's got diabetes and he sometimes attacks me and all this sort of stuff, I don't care. I love him because right, so he's got, got a gold heart. We've got a, a, season, a season review for Collingwood, so Pies fans, listen up. This is your season in review, courtesy of Tiger71. Collingwood, this is a club who have players that are on their list thinking they've got a better list than us, um, who've got players who, you know, get so pinged out of their ears of, they say alcohol, but we all know, wink, wink, that they're running down the street halfway naked, not knowing where they are. We've got players. They're, play- huh? they're proud of them, though, when Sidebottom does. They're proud like of them. That. You know, they, they see, and that's their problem this year. They, they've got Mason Cox, right? Hey, hey, hey. Let's just call him what his proper name Mr. October. Mr. October. Right? <laughs> Mr. October. They're paying him how much? 550000 a year, Mr. October? And he triggered a clause in his contract. Oh, and and he triggered a clause in his contract, which is fantastic. Look, the year was a typical year. They, Nathan. In 2018, could copy Richmond, right? Because uh, Conrad Marshall did that beautiful book, right? So he had something in print he could copy on. So they tried that in 2018, and that gave them a little bit of momentum, and they played above themselves. And in 2019, um, they were drawing what they learned the year before, but it started getting stale. So hence they, you know, um, obviously fail. Um, 
in 2020, they've got nothing left. Uh, Nathan Buckley's got no ideas. He's got no other plans than just defend. Um, like for us, they you know they can play good quality football when, but their coach doesn't even believe in their own playing group. Perfect example is that game we had where they jumped us by five goals and then went full blown defensive mode from the second quarter, and you know we draw it. So, um, but really to keep it sweet and short and simple, um, they suck. They've got major <laughs> issues. They've got limited players. They've got aging superstars. Pendlebury's, you know, Pendlebury, um he's probably got one more year left. Um, and you know, they're latching onto him like he's the talisman because without him, they're pretty. They're rooted for four or five years. Tay Tay and Trelaw, who they've overpaid to keep, are just average midfielders. Though Tay Tay, I'll say, is more P plus. Nah, actually, right. I'll rate. I'll give. I'll give him Taylor Adams, and I'll give him Pendlebury. Yeah, okay, hold on. This is your review stuff, mine. <laughs> right. um, Tay Tay, I would say, is a B plus. Pendlebury's obviously a gun. Pendlebury, um, side bottom, please. He's just a cream player. Um, Varco has read the writing on the wall, so he's jumped out early. Um, and then they've got like their backline. If you have a look at it, Majacek is an okay defender. Right, he doesn't play in the back line. Is it forward? No, I just call him Maynard. 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 They look the same to me, right? You know what? They look the same to me. Both of them look like they they came out of Frankston, right? The suburb of Frankston, right? Um, but both of them are good B grade players, C to B grade players. Um, but the rest of them look like Ned Kelly in the background. Um, back line. I don't even know who what his name is, but he looks like Ned Kelly. Right, I think it's they got him from the voice. Was that the was that the, was that the, the, the mass singer? Oh, the voice or whatever it was. They got him from. So yeah, look, it, a lot of cracks um, have appeared. Eddie's not happy. Um, so they sucked this year. They played under themselves. Well, actually, they played to their level this year. Um, I was surprised they made finals. They pulled it out of their ass. They're top of Terra side, and being a Tinas can only carry you so long. Um, so, yeah, they had a really bad season, in All my right. opinion, which is an if. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and got no, it's an F because they've got no future. Until <laughs> they nuke that list, they've got no future. Oh. Oh, I love it. Well, watch this space, I reckon, in terms of their list. Um, CV, you're going to do a, a review for the St Kilda fans out there for, the, for their season just gone? St Kilda. You know what? You're going to make sure you it's speak so... up then because there's 12 of them. Um, the 12 of them all gathered down the radio. So Let me make tell sure you. Speak up for it, them. It's so damn hard to hate this team when I really, really, really like Brett Ratton. So all I'll say is like, I respect Brett Ratton as a coach. He's a terrific guy. Um, he's done wonderful things for that club. So in all honesty, my season review for St. And for Dan Butler to come runners up in their BNF. Yeah. Well done, Dan Butler. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. Um, no, nah, look, you know what? I'm not even going to roast him. Saints, uh, I think they're in for some very, very, very good years coming up, and I'm wrapped for Brett Ratton. So I'll give them a B plus for where yeah. from where they've come from. I agree. They're, they're very well coached, and they've got a, a good list set up as well. I, they're going to go places without doubt. And respect to Brett Ratton. I'll, t- I'll tell you how much I respect Brett Ratton. When Tom Morris was openly baiting him over the Nick Floston goal, and um, he got shut down by Ratton in a truly professional manner. That shows you the measure of the bloke. He didn't buy into the media bullshit. It was great. Yeah, he's a good boy. All right, we'll move on to the, the big one this Friday night, the prelim yes. final versus Port Adelaide. So we've got four prelim Ooh. finals in four years, fellas. That's a really good effort, first off. That's monumental. Monumental. Um, 
when you think about it, I saw this written, and I can't remember who by, so I apologise for not giving the appropriate credit, but if someone had said to you at the end of 2016, in the next four years, you're going to make four prelims and convert two of them into flags, you would have told them to get O'Gorman. But it's... Well, a lot, of, a lot of people told me to get O'Gorman at the time when I said it, right? But, um, you know, I'm glad I've come out to be true. Yeah, it's, it's an I'm only bullshitting, by the way. I was, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. God, I'm sucking in my jokes today. And on top of the uh, fabulous effort of making the prelim, it's also Trent Cotron's 250th game, which is yes. a, yeah. a very worthy yeah, celebration. He's a legend. Right he's a legend. Absolute there, legend. There, there will be a statue of him erected at Punt Road at some stage, I've got no doubt. He, he's been yeah. one of the catalysts, along with Dimmer and... Benny and Peggy to uh, bring us out of the woodwork. So well done, Skipper. Hope you have a, a great game and just kick with the wind is all I'll say. Um, history, history will remember this guy as one of our greatest ever captains, won't it? Won't it? And if yeah. there is going to be a statue, I reckon the statue should be with him and Dimmer because they're joined yeah, at the hit okay. those two. I, I like that. That's a fair call. Be a big game versus Port coming up, fellas. We obviously played them in round 11, I think it was, and they beat us pretty much in the last quarter. But... Let me read out some names to you that didn't play for us in that game. Cochin, Hawley, Edwards, Graham, Prestia, Nankervis, and Asprey. That is seven massive inclusions we've got this time around from when we played them last time. And look, if you're a Port fan and you're up and about because you finished top, you're playing good footy, straight to the prelim, fair play to you. But I warn you to discredit the facts. Like, there's a lot of people discrediting us and saying that those ins aren't going to be that helpful. They're they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're if, you read, if you read their board, how could you, you honestly say that? They are big big ins, CB. They are monstrous. It's basically excluding Martin. That's your starting midfield, including your ruckman in for starters. Yeah. Um. And and as it turns out, our key back and secondary ruckman. <laughs> like you can't understate. You actually can't understate those inclusions. Like enough. I can't believe that. I mean, look, I think Port were missing maybe two. They're missing Rosie or a and couple Bert, of others. Apparently, no, no, missing Rosie, Rosie, and the big one that they were missing, the huge one that Port supporters have been telling me that is a linchpin for their attack is Motlop. Like fucking fair dinkum. Excuse Gorman, oh, fair dinkum. Oh, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> like Motlop. I, I tell you what. I hope there's no honeypot there. I don't want to be drowned in Motlop's honey. Oh, okay. oh, <laughs> oh come on. Come on, seriously. You're making me physically ill. Like Motlop, right? I can take I can take Rose here. I can take that other dude with the bad haircut. But you know, Motlop, you know, no. Look, what look, the names you mentioned to me are great, but the biggest impact it is not many sides would win a game of football if you took out ninety percent of one part of the ground. So we took out we had from this is how big it is that we've made the prelim, right? We played a good eight weeks with 90% of our midfield not playing. That is huge. That's like us asking Port in round 11 not to play with Boak, Wingard. I'm going like for like no, players. No, Wingard like plays the Hawthorne, so that won't, that won't matter. Well, yeah, oh, Wingard. Oh, oh, sorry. God. We're talking about... Hey, 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 geez, I've got to tell you, Josh Franco no longer plays. <laughs> right. I think Fred Ray's out for the week. Maybe White's, White's still in, yeah? What about... Short- seriously, I had a fucking good point. Had, but it's like having Boak... Wines, Pepper, Rockcliffe, um, those four not playing. Yeah, no, right? you, you're right. Do you reckon right. they would have beaten us? Yeah, they wouldn't have had this ascendancy of the all the possessions, and they didn't. And they wouldn't have fair, had that. The the loss we had against them, I, and I, it's bad to blame one player, but it kind of all unravelled with that caddy double fifty. Like they were no. starting to build momentum, and that uh, kind uh, of just uh, broke uh, us uh, a little uh, bit. Uh, and, uh, uh, the floodgates no, opened. Don't but, you- 
getting into the bus. No, that we were we were done and dusted. We were just hanging on. We we should have been twelve goals down by that stage. That's how much because we couldn't apply any pressure across the the width of the ground. Um, what was keeping us in it was our back line because that's it was really the only line that we had fully functional and our rebound, our rebound um, that was generating all of our scores was which cutting them up. That's why Caddy, yeah, he gave a stupid fifty, but. At the end of the day, we, we lost a free kick count. I think we doubled. I had to double the free kick count at the end of the game. But during that period, they were like more than double. So we were – if it wasn't a caddy 50, it would have been another 50 for something else. So, um, yeah, no, I, I reckon caddy – I reckon caddy um, yeah, did something stupid, but he wasn't – he didn't cost us the game. Um, but you know what, boys? It bodes well for us because we not only – their strength is quick clearance – Inside 50, repeat inside 50. Would that be fair? That's well, their one word? Yeah. Well, well, I was just going to say that we've got a thing in the run sheet which actually ties into a question I've got to answer for um, for uh, Brett Weeks. So do you want me to go into that? Yeah, That'll cover cool. yep, off part of it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because okay, it's just two of the same thing. So, so Rhett, g'day, mate. How are you? So basically, Rhett's asked a question saying, how do we beat Port and who should we play on Port? So I'll give me an answer and you can come over, Tiggs, and agree. Sorry, on uh, Boke. So how do we report? So, so, so Port's a strong stoppage team and a high-disposal team, and, they, and they're currently the league's best territory team, all right? Whereas the Tigers play a surge pressure game. So scoring from turnovers is our one. For Port to be successful, they have to apply pressure the whole game to beat us. For Richmond to be successful, we have to beat them at stoppages and to keep scoring on the turnover. So if you look at last week, we scored eight goals from stoppages, and that's where the game this week will be won or lost. Now, as for who should play on Boke, I reckon we just go head-to-head head with them. So they'll start with Wines, Boke, Rockcliffe in the guts. We'll start with Koch and Martin Prestia. To quote Damien Harwick, let the boys play. Now, I've just got some stats here, just where I normally get my little stat things. And I'll just give you some numbers. So these are average numbers. So Richmond average, 25 clearances a game to Port's 35. Centre clearances, we're at nine, they're at 11. And stoppage clearances, we average 16, they average 24. So there's some massive discrepancies there. But I think with Edwards and Presti coming back into the team, those numbers will be a lot closer to this game. Do you agree, boys? And Gray, well, for that matter, as well. Yes. Well, that's that's. I don't agree with you completely, but see, the thing is for me, <clears throat> and you've just sort of reinforced it, is Port's biggest strength and how they generate the majority of their scores is by the territory game, which is the repeat inside 50s. Why they get it in there quick, right? Their back line is protected by that because of the pressure that their midfield and front half create by locking that ball in. What's brilliant with us and what's key to us, it has been since 2017, is we feed. We absolutely feed of inside 50s from the opposition. The more inside 50s you get in our defence, the more ability we have the... Uh, the ability to generate scoring opportunities itself because we're the number one side from defensive 50 to, um, to scoring um, by an absolute country mile. So um, that for us, that's what kept us in the game against their best side in the league, inverted commas, who was at full strength other than um, Rosie and Motlop, right? Um, <laughs> if you, and but, Burton. You know, Gay, the other one, they had Burton. Uh, yeah, and us on a four... And Burton, I don't... What is he? It's his second season. So, or third season because he came from Hawthorne. So, um, really, don't even include him. Um, that's like I was saying Markov was a huge out, you know what I mean, or something like that. So, 
Um, but that's they were on their form. We were off a four-day break, and boys, we were up in the last quarter. And it was yep. solid because that one part of our system was basically an elastic banding or they're inside 50s because they don't – they like pressure in the corridor. This is – if you oh, – I watched watch, watch a, a lot of port games. When they do an inside 50, they do it straight to the centre of the square. They rarely go to the pockets. I'll go <clears throat> straight into the guts of this um, – In basically 20 to 30 out. If you draw a circle from the, uh, from the goal square, a big circle around that, that's where the ball's going to go. Right, 90% of their time. And what their mids are trained to do is to flood that area like a wall. So Because they're so used to getting that quick first clearance, big ball in, and then they run and lock it in if Charlie hasn't taken a mark or they close down. And they're banking on two things happening. Um, the ball goes to ground. They either go for a free kick, um, get a free kick because, you know, they're in Adelaide, or they get it to one of their smalls that will generate a score. What's great, that system plays into our hands because we're one of the best um, intercepting sides and we're one of the best sides to actually create run from a stoppage. So add that layer that CB mentioned that with our with Prestia, Edwards, Graham, Cochin coming into our midfield, su- supporting Martin, we now have the ability to still have that one wood but also negate and if not equalise their um, their other form of strength, which is score from stoppages during the ground. So yep. um, I see a lot of, this is what I see, I, I see the game sort of evolving into a bit of a shootout in the first quarter. Whoever gets the first clearance gets the score. And then thinking that logically through, if both times want to go head-to-head and let the boys play, our back line is superior to theirs. So... They aren't renowned. They're pretty bad at getting um, this defensive 50 change to to school. They're not – yeah, they're not the best at it at all, just looking at the stats. So whereas they're quick um, – I'm going to sh- shut up in a second, guys. I will get to my point. But they're quick inside 50. We can rebound that out, right, even if we go shootout mode. Our quick inside 50, we're most likely will either score or they'll get a slow entry out. So – being that's the case, I think we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them well. I'm not worried about them at all. Um, it's I'll funny. I don't know, hopefully, I'm not right off base, but system versus system, because they've copied a lot of what we do, but they haven't yet got the full personnel to copy our game plan. And, and um, you can't tell me. You can't tell me. <clears throat> like, for it's in a stupid way, it's like a free hit for us going to Adelaide having a crack at them. You can't tell me that there's no pressure on this team in their 150th year in front of their hometown, in front of their first prelim final since 2014. <laughs> you can't tell me they're just going to rock up full, chock full of confidence, mate. They'll be jittery as hell. And if we oh, put it on early, if we, if we land a couple of blows early, it will only compound for them. But it look, will only compound. But we're under pressure too. Like I think 2018 showed us that um, whatever fantasy we had that, yeah, we can get into another final because we're starting to peak early and probably make a grand final – um, like we're in this position again, right? It's the fourth time we're in this possession. I oh, thank God 2018 happened um, because they're not going to take this for granted. And I didn't take it for granted last year. When we made we made the grand final, and I had to think. I had a. I spoke to a mate of mine. They get trade news in, but I'll, I've openly said it. So now I'm not. I haven't said who he is, but he works in the footy industry, right? He's, he's a, his basic job is opposition analysis. That's what he does, right? And we had a bit of a, a Zoom conversation today, and he just said to me, Mick. Peace of mind, he said, your chance of losing this game is around about 20%. And I said, well, how can you be so confident? He said, your strengths equalises their strengths. Um, but what's the difference is their strengths 
improve our improve your natural strengths. Like for what I just try to I butchered try to um, discuss like he did with me. But the other big thing too is is and this is the players want a flag. The the hunger from our group I reckon is greater than it ever has been in the last three years. They want this. So you're right. They're, um, Port are going to go in going, we have to give our all. We should beat them. We're talking of a big game. Oh, fuck. If Richmond gets on top of us, you know, all that might come in. Richmond will be like, there's no way we're dropping this. We're not yeah. dropping it. It's, it's yeah. going to come down to scoreboard pressure early. It's it's all good yeah. and well to dominate general play and beat them in, you know, this stat and that stat. But we've got to be able to put, you know, two or three goals on the board really early shut the crowd up a little bit and let our guys just go to work and do their thing. I think that's going to be a, a massive part because for well, for, for most part of the year, the boys have played in front of a, a pretty small and tame crowd. This is going to be a, a full jam-packed Adelaide Oval wanting it's blood. It's going to be great. Uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be awesome to listen to despite it being fully against us. Yeah. Um, but and I, reckon the, I reckon the boys gonna, are thriving it. Do you reckon they're going to tie the Windsock down to confuse Trent? But, oh. <laughs> Look, he was learning. I was there that day. It would not have mattered which way we kicked. They were going yeah, to but absolutely. Uh, they would have beaten you know everyone what? that day. That's a good game to sort of mimic this game. They went in there because they knew in their hearts that they're destined for bigger things, right? They played that way. We went in there going, oh, shit, we just made it. How great is this? We can't lose it. See, when, I, I don't believe we're going in the mindset we can't lose this game. We've gone in the mindset we are winning this. This is one. Well, it's belief. What, yeah. what, 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 or, what we've got, what we've got is belief in the system, right? Yeah, and if we're in front by half time and we get get that first goal in after half time, um, and get a bit of a run on, um, I can see us blowing this out. I can see them breaking because that's when they're going to have to try to create a win. Um, and being such a small ground, and this is my only w- listeners. This is my biggest fear now. Anyone outside of Richmond. Um, well, this is probably think I'm crying about it, but umpires can make a huge impact in games in Adelaide. Why? Because the ground is so small. Every 50 or every free kick that's forward or centre can is straight into the goal mouth. Um, so if they get if they get double the run like they had last time, we're going to be fighting uphill, no doubt. Uh, particularly if it's a hard contested in your face game. Um, that's my biggest concern. That's our biggest chink in our armour is that this gets umpired out of us. All right, we'll, we'll have a look at and, some, uh, uh, you go, CB, then we'll do some matchups. Um, umpires for this week, uh, Stevic, Meredith, and Dubois. Razor Ray's been oh, dropped. He, he, oh. he hasn't made. He hasn't made. He hasn't made. Razor Ray hasn't made the cut. He's been and cut. That, and that other flog, Mal- Mahallon or whatever his name is, that paid all those. Um, yeah, yeah. Curtis Dubois had it in for us, though. He was the one who paid all those deliberates yeah. against the Fremantle game. Uh, yeah, but he's sort of the O. I just think he's a bad umpire. I used to think he's the haters. But he's, since we called him out in Twitter, or was it Gorman we called out, sorry? We called, we called Gorman. D-Boy, D-Boy, D-Boy's that little little child-looking fellow. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, he's bad to, to all clubs, not just to us, right? Sometimes we've actually had a few free kicks from him. But um, Gorman, since we, you notice, lads, since we did that tweet, his umpiring to us has been a little bit more fairer. To be I'll fair, give him credit. To be fair, fate rests <laughs> yeah. in our hands. We're not going to have to rely on decisions going one way or another. If we're good enough, we're good enough. But um, matchup-wise, the one that's interesting for me is how they're going to use Trent McKenzie. So you look back at the Geelong final they had, and they put Trent McKenzie on Tom Hawkins. Now, there was a lot of love and a lot of celebration and backslapping that it worked really well because they won. Oh. But if Ta- Hawkins yeah. had a kick straight, 
It's were like, shit, that was the, one of the dumbest things we could have ever tried. So I'm going to be really interested to see if they put Trent McKenzie on Lynch or Rewalt. Oh, pray he put, they put him on Lynch. Pray they put him on Lynch. Um, look, put him on Rewalt. Look, CB had a good point. Our Jack is playing such a well good game. They're working really well in tandem together, right? So I have no doubt that if McKenzie's on um, Rewalt, Rewalt will wander McKenzie into um, Lynch's line as he leads up to get a mark. So Lynch just does the one big crash and bash into McKenzie two or three times. Um, I have no doubt that will happen. Um, yeah, no, they're in a lot of strife. It says the team in the back line, they've got, um, they've got McKenzie. And who's that other tall fellow that they've got? Uh, I didn't write his name down, but I'll have a look at the lineup while, while I'm doing that. CB, at the other end of the ground, who's going to play on Dixon from, from our perspective? Oh, I think it well, has to be Asprey to start off with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah to, common sense tells you you have to go Bolter on Cleary and Asprey on um, Asprey on Dix on. Um, no, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Bolter on Cleary. No way. I would put I would put. Um, I, I agree with you on Dix. Uh, whoever, sorry, whoever, who's that big Marshall man? Played, Marshall played. Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Whoever it was. Yeah. So Bigger, I wouldn't sorry. put I wouldn't put Bolter on Marshall. No, I what I would do is because Marshall's their decoy. I would put. I would put um, our best defend, best stopper Asprey on Dixon. Um, I would put Bolter on Lathams, right? And then I'll put I'll put Grimes on their other third tour because Grimes will just eat him up by just paying him. Uh, we'll pay him respect, but we'll be able to burst and support the other two boys. Uh, well, that I, other reckon, guys... I, reckon, I reckon Broad might take him, and I think you you might find Vlosten and um, Grimes will just do their work oh. cutting off stuff. What about and Robbie that's Gray? Great. That, Oh, Robbie Gray, I think he's... I respect he, him because he's a, look, he's a champion. He's right? dangerous. At, at stoppages in Ford 50, he, oh, is, he is super, he's, super dangerous. He's, he's, he's a champion, but he father time's catching up to him really quickly. Um, look, I would personally put Vlosten. I think that's who we used last time we played was Vlosten was on him. As long um, as they pay the respect he deserves in that Ford yeah, 50 area. No free yeah, runs exactly. with the ball. Because, yeah, if you watch him closely, the the way they block for him and he finds space um, is first class. And, yeah, that, that can hurt you pretty quick. Yeah. For me, it's some of their – like, their young kids are good quality young kids. And this year they're running with abandon, right? They're running really offensively. I can't wait for them to be lined up against – I'm assuming Pickett's plant, right? So Pickett and, and McIntosh. They, I can just see those two boys just bashing into them. Um, that's one. We have to stop their run. See, what they're really good at, they control the inner side of the contest and then quickly feed it out to... Um, they hold their width just as well as we do with our wingers. Then they'll feed it to one of the wingers and the wingers will go on with that big um, gallop. So if we can... And I, we've got the tools to now do it. We've got the tools to not only contain them, but surround that easy ball out um, and intercept it. If we do that, um, that those younger-type bodies... When they have to, their job is they're not getting it such an easy ride on getting the ball received to them. They have to go and hunt the ball themselves. That's when our bigger bodies and our finals experience will kick into gear. I think their the port inner core is really strong in the season. You know, we're talking Boak, Wines, Rockliffe, and they're like they're in it. They're really strong. Dixon, even though he's a bit of a fairy and he's overrated, he's a big boy, right? But he's physically matured. Outside of that, they've got a lot of marshmallow youth. That I'm not calling them soft. But if you they sort of will... get me, they're not they're not as conditioned as our blokes. So if it comes a real contested game across the whole ground through the full four quarters, 
I don't think they'll be able to maintain. They're, they're going to have periods where they're going to drop that pressure and the, we'll be able to maintain. The one thing we've got to not get sucked in on, which Brisbane did, oh, is the, yeah. Port, Port, Port are going to match us with physicality, and they will. They, they will match us with physicality this week. So we've got not got to get sucked in to like what we did in the Brisbane game. That's the one thing. We've got to show some maturity and some learnings and not do some of the dumb things that we did in Brisbane when they stood up to us physically yeah. and didn't let us. And, 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 and you know, when we tried to dominate them, they stood back up to us. So we've got to, we've got to have the learnings in there. Otherwise, uh, that will cost us, that will cost yeah. us goals. No well, we showed kicks. that. Yeah, well, we yeah. showed that against St Kilda. Like, everyone's highlighting the Cotchin and um, uh, Lynch. But outside of that, I noticed a few times when our boys were getting held on to, getting pushed, you know, right up to their face. They actually lifted their hands up and to the yeah. umpire. Like, the people did it a few times if, and saying, hey, look at this. And if and we do it early see. on, if we do it early on, they'll probably just stop doing it because they're not getting the reaction they want. So That's right. Just diffuse the situation early and, yeah, don't get sucked in. The last thing you want to do is give away cheap goals <laughs> in a prelim final at the other team's home deck with a crowd of that size and magnitude getting right behind them. So you don't, don't need to be giving... Anyone. Don't need to give That's free right, goals. Because Rockliffe will fall on the ground. He will just fall on the ground. That's what he does every time he plays. And if there's a He's strong like gust of wind, Charlie Dixon might fall over too. Yeah, yeah they, and they all do. And they love getting that fake push in the back. They do it all the time in the contest. They'll fall forward. Um, hopefully we've had a word to the umpiring department before we play the game. So, hey, just keep on this because this, this happened, we got crucified on that last game we played. Uh, <laughs> Changes-wise, are we universally agreeing we're going to go in unchanged? No change. Oh. Mark obviously coming in, bro. No change. Just roll with it. <laughs> no, he wants to troll him. You know, I've got two questions I want to put out for the, the guys that are listening to this and you can speak about it all week. Just posing this. And now listen to it before you start screaming, yeah? Joel massively worried them when he played. Um, he could he had some beautiful runs. He uh, he created some goals. He actually waited one of his best games of the year. And that was – which is really important. When I know a player has qualities when they're having a really good game when everyone else is getting smashed, right? And that's a game that was happening on. But the reason why he had a good game is because he was surrounded by experience. He had Lynch. He had Jack playing um and i think Chol is our third tall right so for me um for me i would even look at removing a small whoever that might be like a caddy um you know like caddy's not like, i mean like a castania uh that even though happen, i love Georgie. No, hold on <laughs> let me finish he's played like a bastard ass all year Conyol. and hasn't Conyol. been dropped there. Let me finish, right? I will keep Rioli as our prime primary small, right? We've got Shy Bolton, who's rotating with the midfield to the small. So we're not going to lose out anything. I reckon we will gain more instead of having a third small by having a third running tall. That can also ruck if need to. And it gives us another dynamic during the game. Because I'll tell you something. How would you be a Port Adelaide defender... When you've got you have one has to man Lynch, one has to man Jack, and then you've got a guy just taller than both of them, running around like he's a midfielder in the forward line that can take a grab. I get your point. The problem is he's not taking grabs. We hadn't been taking grabs. He's just too devoid of confidence, I think, to put him into a prelim. If he was, he was out of form for three weeks. If he was, well, if he was up and about and playing good footy, there's definitely a strong case for it. But I don't know. He's just not confident enough. No, he, yeah. And he offered zero against against Brisbane. 
He offered us zero I, I physicality. We can't, but what I said, but he did look, but you're forgetting he's played more than just one game and the other games that he's done well, he did offer a bit of, he's not a physicality type of bloke. <clears throat> That's okay. You know, short's not a physicality type of bloke, right? So, um, but what I think just... Yeah, but short's not six foot five. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So what I'm saying to you, though, is removing George from this game, just because you've got, to, you've got to coach to the personnel that you're up against, right? We can really explode them for height. In a small ground, height is king. And I reckon that will, uh, it would offer us more than a small who can support the midfield. Because I reckon we've got that in your Shy Bolton, right? So, and, and we've got that in your Lambert. Because there's another thing. Lambert's not been having a great game. Um, and I'm not saying replace Child for Lambert if you really wanted to keep George in, but I could have, I got a feeling that Child might there's a spot for him. And look, our, one thing our coach is he's brave. No, he, he backs is, his players he, in, man. He's not he's not afraid to put something in left field out there if he has to. But yeah, interesting interesting concept. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how that'll be how it would play out. Whether Dim would be brave enough to do it this week, but. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with it, but I get what you're saying. Uh, and look, and that's all I ask, Mike, because I ask for understanding. <laughs> CB, understanding, mate. That's all I ask. Don't ask for you to agree, but just don't be a, it's a bit, I mean, a prick about it. Oi! Oh, yeah, put a in there. We'll be dropping the uh, volume down on that one. Oh. <laughs> my, my father, heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, I'm a good Christian boy, but no, you know, don't be a prick about it. Just do legal learn a lot from Michael CB. Learn a lot. All right. Well, um, we'll move on to some listener questions, and we'll do the tip and margin at the end. We'll read through uh, these as quick as we can. Uh, sorry, listeners, I'm trying to be cleaner. All right, I've taken your message on board. It's just defrauded and it slipped, so I apologise. Uh, so I'll, I'll, he called uh, me a car. He called me Carlton. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, first question is from Japana on Twitter for you, CB, and it kind of ties into the Port Adelaide theme. Is Charlie Dixon the most overhyped, overrated player in the game right now? I tell you what, he's got a good rig. He's worked hard on that. But as far as his footballing ability, um, and this will this will go back into why you should listen to us and not Brian Taylor and Bruce on Friday night, because you know what they're going to be crapping on about. Oh, big Charlie Dixon! Oh, yeah, it's going to be horrendous. Um, I don't look. I don't think he's overhyped or overrated. I just think he's a, he's bog average. I think he's just a B grade forward. He flops a lot. Oh, well, what yeah. is he? Look, he's not a great kick at goal. He can take the odd pack mark. He does provide a bit of presence, but, mate, there's a heap of guys who do that. I, I Honestly, he, he, when you think of the leading top forwards in the game, do you think Charlie Dixon? No. No. No, you don't. And yet he's playing in the top team. Right? So, you know, for me, Brown is a more damaging forward than he is. Yeah, I, look, I, there's a number of players. Like, yeah, you know, he, he's, just, he's just an average... Average footballer and a very good team. All right, next one for you, Tiggs from Rhett Weeks. Uh, not Richmond related, but what do you think to go is worth on the market? Honestly, what I think he's worth is no more than about five fifty. Um, what I think he'll get is probably um, depending on how desperate the club is. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets anything from six fifty to seven fifty. He's dreaming if he thinks he's worth a million bucks. Yeah, agree. Uh, from Greggy on Twitter for UCB, will Caddy play again this year? His finals, finals cameos have been integral in our premierships. He has that touch of class and is good for a couple of goals. Why isn't he playing? I think he's fallen into, uh, before Brody come back in the team, I think he's sort of fallen back he's into that trap. He's 
he's not playing because of team balance and team mix. Um, personally, I love it when he's in the team. I'm a big Caddy fan. But right now, um, he's not playing unless there's injury injury or suspension. Anyway, he's making his way back into this team. Um, but I think right now, Harwick's backing Marlon Pickett on the wing. He's backing Camden on the other wing. And the half forwards are set with George, Rioli, and Lambert. And yeah. Bolton now rotating through there. So I, I don't see a spot for him, unfortunately, right now. And for you, Tig71, this is from The Tale on Twitter. How did you guys enjoy the Vic Bias round where only Vicks were allowed to play last week? Oh, I loved it. Okay, good answer. <laughs> I loved <laughs> it. Full, full stop. Yeah, very good. That's it. I loved and, it. And uh, from Ryan on Facebook, CB, do you still think Trelaw believes the Flagpies have the better list? Flagpies? <laughs> oh, I think I think he cries himself to sleep every yeah. night thinking about what, what a mistake. Could have been. Yeah. Yep. What a mistake. And, That's yeah. like posing to a chick and then you find out she's got a dick. You know what I mean? That's... Um, well, that's well, heartbreaking. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what you think. Um, what what we gained by not getting Trelaw was Daniel right. Rioli and Dion Prestia. Was that, oh, was how that good the two is that? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you. I'd personally like to thank Trelaw because that's what he gave. He gave us Meatball and Daniel Rioli. And there's four, there's four flags between them and they're still going. So that's amazing. Actually, it's better than that because then we would have given two first rounders for him. So the next draft out of that, we end up getting um, Graham, I think it was. So. No, Graham was pick fifty-four. So what? Who do we get before Graham? Bolter. So we got, we got. I think we might have got. I don't know who. Who was that? Or was pick? it Shy Bolton? Was it Shy Bolton? Shy Bolton. Yeah. So we got Shy Bolton, uh, Prestier, and um, Rioli. And the last, the, the last question, which I'll get an answer from each of you. It's one of the greatest questions. It's going to be difficult to, to answer. <laughs> Would you rather go on a successful date with Margot Robbie or in successive weeks wipe the smug smiles off Ken Hinckley and Chris Fagan's or Chris Scott's arrogant faces? This was from Ryan as well on Facebook. That's a cracking question. <laughs> CB, would you would you rather the Margot Robbie successful date or <laughs> Dude, it's not even a it's not even a choice. I'm going Margot Robbie, sorry guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Stick your footy up your bum. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm just looking at her. I've, I've had better. Um, <laughs> she's got yeah. She, her nose is too big for me, and and, and her, you know, blonde hair, um, black eyebrows just doesn't make it work for me. So you're, um, you're, you need, you need to watch The Wolf of Wall Street, mate. It might change. Your oh mind. no, but I've, you know, <laughs> no, I've Quinn. had better, man. Um, okay, plus, so I hear she's oh Harley Quinn. No, she's just like a bloke. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> where do you where do you hang around? So you're, mate, you're I've going, just got high standards. Too. So you're I've going the footy, you're going the footy option then. Wipe the yeah, of particularly because we're playing Ken Hingley and it could be likely playing either Chris Fagan or Chris Scott. I would take a bit of Punani, sacrifice that for the sake of us winning a flag. But hey, that's just me, CB. I'm weak. I love the club I'm, weak. Much, yeah. no, I'm, I'm weak. I'm with you, CB. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys, you guys. Mate, how can I fly like an eagle surrounded by Galas? Seriously. Where's the passion for the Richmond Football Club? Unbelievable. I'll, I'll tell you what, if Margot Robbie's wearing a Richmond jumper, there'll be passion. Oh, look, if she was wearing a Richmond jumper, but that wasn't in the question, was it? Look, she's a weird chick. Sometimes she looks really hot, but sometimes she looks bog average. Those nostrils are massive. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, Before we wrap this up, we'll get a a final tip for the game and margin. Thank you to everyone who sent through questions, by the way. Much appreciated. Uh, So, final tip for this Friday night, CB. I normally do the the wanker tip, and I promise you this time I'm not doing it. I know it comes natural, but don't be a wanker. Come on. I'm I'm going to try this. 
Tigers by eight points. Yeah, good man. Oh, nice close game. Tigs. <laughs> mate, if it's eight points, I'll be farting more on air than you'd ever, ever believe, mate. <laughs> um, with nerves. No, I actually think it'll be close at the beginning. We'll start to kick away. I reckon we'll win by around about 24 points. I'll say Tigers by 15 points. And just hopefully we can... Just mate, get, how good would it be if you get done. another grand final? How good would it be? It'd be huge. So, oh. and a reminder to everyone, if you don't want to listen to the normal TV commentary... We are doing the live show on Friday, so we'll probably kick off about 20 minutes before the game starts with a bit of a pre-match preview, and then get stuck into the game. So all you have to do is just pause your, your TV when the game starts, and the boys will count you in, and then you click all, click play all at once and listen to the guys commentate, well not commentate, but just a play-by-play analysis and a bit of banter, a few laughs, and hopefully we get the win. Yeah, perfect. Oh, boys. We're back. Go tight. All, all right, Go and uh, with that... Have a great call on Friday if I'm not there with you all the way through. Look, I'll probably try and listen to myself. I'm sitting in the lounge room holding a baby. But yep. all the best for Friday and hopefully, and a good luck to all the South Australian Tiger fans as well getting to the ground, try and make some serious yeah. noise and try and uh, be as loud as possible. We're very jealous of you, but um, I'm sure you'll, you'll fly the flag well for us. And on that yeah. note, till next time, go Tigers. Uh, go Tigers. Thank you, Mother, for the rabbits.